I'll just pass the suggestions. Um, I'm preaching because pastor's away, and I'll be preaching out of Psalm 37 and Psalm 1. If you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, we'll first be reading out of Psalm 37, and uh, I've entitled today's sermon, The Way of the Godly and Ungodly Contrasted. So we'll read out of Psalm 37, verses 1 to 9. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So we notice that there's a progression in, in the way of godliness from fretting right through to resting in the Lord. So we'll be talking about that. I'd just like to uh, commit the sermon to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to bow your heads. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. I just pray that your blessing anointing upon me to preach and teach out of this Psalm 37 and Psalm 1 that I might edify the church and be edified myself, might be a blessing to the church and be blessed to myself. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. So, we see one of the major themes of the book of Psalms is the contrast between the way of the godly and the ungodly. There are two different and distinct ways we can go. There is the way of obedience to God, which brings blessedness. There's a way of disobedience to God, which brings cursing which means destruction. The Lord Jesus spoke of these two ways in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. There is the narrow way that leads to everlasting life and there's the broad way that leads to destruction. So we have to decide which road we're going to take. I think most of us in this room have decided which way we're going, but I just preach tonight to encourage you to keep going in the way of godliness. So we see a progression in the way of godliness in Psalm 37. We see the first thing we should do is learn not to fret about things. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. When we get saved, we suddenly find that the world is not such a nice place as we used to think it was. People don't want to know us. They don't share enthusiasm for the gospel. They don't want to be reminded that they're sinners. And they just don't want a bar of the gospel. So we should learn not to fret about things because Satan will come against us. And uh, people we thought, friends, our family, will turn against us. The word fret means to be angry, to burn, to be displeased, to grieve, be incensed. We should not fret like that because of evildoers. We shouldn't be envious of them. 
because they're prospering and we mightn't. The Lord might be taking us through a trial or a tribulation. We shouldn't be envious to be with them or to be like them. In uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, we are told to be careful for nothing. But we should remember in verse 2 of 37, it says that the ungodly shall ultimately be judged for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. So we shouldn't be worried about them, what's going to happen to them. Unless they obey the gospel, they're going to be destroyed just like grass. The next thing we should notice is that we are urged to trust in the Lord and do good. In verse 3 it says that. James says, faith without works is dead. So here we're reminded we should trust in the Lord and do good as well. The promise is, in the rest of verse 3, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So we shouldn't be worried about where our next meal is coming from, and we should realise that being fed is not just physical food, but it's also spiritual food. And that's why we come to church, that's why we meditate in the word of God daily, or we should be anyway. Then we are told in verse 4 to delight thyself also in the Lord. The promise is that he shall give you the desires of thine heart. So delighting ourselves in the Lord should be delighting in prayer each day, delighting in his way each day, in his church and his people, in fellowship and in service to him. And the promise is that he will give us the desires of our heart. Next we are told in verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. The promise is that by faith he shall bring it to pass whatever you commit to him. The word commit means to roll, literally or figuratively, to remove, to roll away, down or together. So we should just lay all our burdens down upon the Lord. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, casting all your care upon him, because he careth for you. If we cast all our cares upon him, it's because we know that he cares for us. He is not some distant God who doesn't care for us. If the Lord Jesus was willing to go to the cross, bear the shame and penalty of all our sins, then surely we can trust him for other things as well, not just for the forgiveness of our sins and our salvation. So we come to the place in verse 7, we are told to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And in verse 7, it also says, goes on to say, Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And in verse 8 it says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath, Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So this resting in the Lord is very much ceasing from fretting and being angry about evildoers and what they're doing. The word rest means to be still, to still, be still and to cease, to stop. So we should stop fretting, being worried and anxious, being angry. All these things are useless really we shouldn't trust in unbelievers to help us like in Isaiah 30 
verse 7, it says to the, the Jews that they shouldn't trust in the Egyptians to help them. It says, For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this, their strength is to sit still. The strength of the Jewish people was to sit still and trust in God when they were under threat of invasion from the Assyrians and Babylonians. And it goes on further in chapter 30 of, of Isaiah, in verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. Sometimes there are times when we have done all we can in a difficult or desperate situation and nothing works. We are tempted to fret over it, to worry about it, even to turn to unbelievers for help, for guidance. Especially if we think unbelievers are prospering and we are not. But we are reminded in verse 7 of Psalm 37 to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I'm reminded of an old saying, man's extremity is God's opportunity. Now I was listening on New Year's Eve to a radio documentary about a Thai boys soccer club and their coach who were rescued from a flooded cave complex in Thailand last year. I think it was about July. And it was decided by the experts that the only way to get them out was to sedate them. Otherwise they might panic in the darkness and trying to breathe underwater. Because they're all quite young teenagers. I think the youngest one was about 11. And, and I think that we too must sedate or anaesthetise our fretting and worrying and being anxious. Not only to do that, but we should put it to death, to crucify it. Our natural tendency is to fret, worry or be anxious and to doubt God and his word in difficult times when Satan comes against us. But we should remember that God is limited in what he can do for us if we are fretting and being worried and anxious. Just like the divers with his Thai uh, boys soccer club, if they were fretting, panicking underwater, it would be impossible to get them out. So too we must remember to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. In Hebrews 11.6 it says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if we're being worried and anxious and fretting about things, God is limited what he can do for us. It says that the children of Israel limited God by their unbelief. He was limited what he could do for them. So we have seen in Psalm 37 the progression of the godly. To cease from fretting, to trusting in the Lord, to delighting in the Lord, to committing our way to the Lord, and finally to resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for him. Now we will consider the progression of the way of the ungodly. If you'd like to turn to Psalm 1.
I'll read out the whole psalm. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This first psalm clearly shows two ways in which we might go. The way of blessedness and obedience to God, and the way of cursing and disobedience. This particular psalm is the, the first psalm we had to memorise when I was in Reformers Unanimous with uh, Peter Chapman Stone. We had to memorise it and uh, we had to recite it in, uh, in one of the, the, the meetings. So it holds a special place in my heart as something I started doing when I was here, first come, came here in 2009 in about uh, June. So I've always loved this psalm. And here we see the blessing and the cursing. You are blessed if you don't do certain things mentioned in Psalm 1 verse 1. It says, there are two ways you may go. The way of the ungodly. They begin by walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Unsafe people are trained in ungodliness by other unsafe people, such as their parents, unsafe parents, siblings, teachers, schoolmates, friends or workmates. We all know peer pressure to start acting like the world. We shouldn't give in to this. As we grow older, we find ourselves standing in the way of sinners. That's the next way they go. This involves us taking a more fixed position regarding sin. We come to know what we like and the direction we want to go in, especially if we receive encouragement from our peers. Finally, we see we take a more settled position. It says, Blesses the man that doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. This is a settled, comfortable, fixed position that some take in opposition to God and his word. In fact, they come to scorn God and his word. It says in Proverbs 14, 9, that fools make a mock at sin. That is, they scoff at the idea that certain sins, that certain acts are sinful. Immorality, abortion, drug taking, theft, lying, and so on. They are fed this lie that we are descended from animals. That we are just merely more highly developed animals. 
And so they justify all manner of sin. Also, even in Christendom, some believe in the doctrine of amillennialism. They believe that we are heading for an age of peace and righteousness on the earth before the second coming of Christ. That things are getting better and better. This is the predominant view in most Pentecostal churches and in Catholic churches. And I was involved in both Pentecostal and Catholic churches. In fact, some Pentecostal churches believe that there's going to be a worldwide revival before the Lord Jesus returns and they're going to hand the world back to the Lord Jesus, all saved. And there's going to be no thousand-year reign of Christ upon the earth, whereas the Bible clearly says there will be. But in fact, we know that the world is getting worse and worse rather than better and better. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, it puts the lie to this, that things are getting better and better. It says, For this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And goes to list what people are going to be like. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That means they're unable to control themselves. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. It says people in the last times will have a form of godliness but they won't really be godly. They'll be all those things that I've just listed. They'll outwardly appear godly but they won't have a bar of God in his word. They want their own righteousness. They've decided to go their own way. So the fact is that we must forsake the ungodly way and walk in the way of the godly. How do we ensure that we take the way of the godly? In Psalm 1, in verse 2, it shows how we may avoid the curse and receive the blessing. In verse 2 of Psalm 1, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate meditate day and night. So it's up to us if we want to go in the way of blessedness. The first thing we should be doing is to delight to meditate in the word of God day and night. And it's good for us to grow that way. If we neglect this, we shall not grow as we should. And it means day and night. We should have a distinct time of prayer and meditation in the word of God in the morning and in the evening. Otherwise, we just won't grow. The other thing we should do is just continue doing the things that we've already learnt and been taught in the scriptures. In 2 Timothy 3.17, the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy. It's commonly believed that Timothy at this stage was out of the ministry. 
because of Paul's imprisonment and the way they were treating him. And Paul's writing to Timothy saying he's about to be executed, suffering a martyr's death. But he says in verse 17, no, 14 to 17 of 2 Timothy 3, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So here, Timothy is urged to continue in the things that he has learnt from the Apostle Paul and from his mother and from his grandmother. He has known the Holy Scriptures from a child and he should not neglect them. They are able to make him wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. We're not going to come to that position of wisdom and strong faith without the Holy Scriptures. We should recognise, it also goes on to say in verse 16 and 17 of 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're not going to come to a position of maturity. Perfection there means maturity. We're not going to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works without the Holy Scriptures. And I think we can't emphasise that, that enough. So we must realise that there are two end results for these two different ways. Going back to Psalm 1 again. For the godly, we just discuss that first. In verse 3 of Psalm 1, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We all want to prosper in our ways. And I just, from personal testimony, if I spend time in prayer and Bible study each day, the day goes so much better. If I neglect going out without prayer and Bible study, things tend to go wrong. They just do. So if you spend time in prayer and Bible study before you venture out to work or to school or wherever, your day will go so much better. And in verse 3 of Psalm 37, we are promised that those who trust in the Lord shall verily be fed. They shall dwell in the land and verily they shall be fed. That being fed, not just physical food, but spiritual food. And in verse 4, it says, He shall give thee the desires of thine heart if you delight thyself in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have the desires of my heart answered. And this is the way to delight thyself in the Lord. And in verse 5, the promise is, If you commit your way unto the Lord, he shall bring it to pass. And in verse 6, it says that you'll receive justice and judgment and righteousness. 
and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. So often we are treated unjustly by people that we know, especially unsafe people. And the promise is that we'll ultimately receive justice. We might have to wait for it, but it will come. And in verse 9, the promise is that we shall inherit the earth. In verse 9, it says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. This is quoted by the Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, that the meek shall inherit the earth. So we shouldn't be worried if we think we're missing out in this life that the unsaved are prospering and being blessed. But the contra- it's absolutely contrary that the wicked will ultimately be judged. And it says in Psalm 1 verse 4, But the ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The chaff is just the refuse after the wheat has been gathered. It will be driven away by the wind. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I don't know about you, I don't want to perish with the ungodly. So we should continue in the way of righteousness and truth and godliness. And uh, in conclusion, I'd just like to remind you of the way of the godly out of Psalm 37. Fret not thyself, and trust in the Lord and do good. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And finally, it comes to the place of rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Don't worry about the wicked. The Lord will deal with them. You just continue in the way that the Lord has set you on. Continue to do good. Because faith without works is dead. Continue to do good. Meditate in the word day and night. And you shall prosper. So I'd just like to close in a word of prayer. To bow your heads. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. I pray that you'd strengthen and increase our faith. That you bless the preaching, teaching of the word of God to our hearts. And that we might have works that match our faith. And we might prosper in all our ways. And deliver us from the ungodly, from the, from the world and from the wicked one. And help us, Lord, to walk in the way of the godly. And so prosper, I pray, and be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.